Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report. This is episode 71. It is Wednesday, September 29th. Let me see. Yeah. It's September 29th, 2021. Uh, Sitting by uh, my favorite window in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn, it is a gorgeous day. It's kind of the first fall day. It's about 50, well, it's probably in the 60s now, but it's basically like it was 55 degrees at sunrise, um, and it was just sunny and crisp and gorgeous. It was very, mis- um, here comes Mr. Autumn Man, the Onion article. Um, I saw a couple of autumn men. They were very autumny today. Um, you could tell they were just, just waiting um for this day with the uh twigs crunching pleasurably beneath their thick shoes uh but yeah so i took the day off because i had to use a day um more like the a personal day before the quarter ended so i took this day off um and i saw ahead of time that it was going to be nice and cool so i chose today as opposed to any of the other days this week and yeah, I'm glad I did. So, so far, the day off has been outstanding. I woke up very early. I went to bed pretty early last night. I woke up, uh, hmm, 5.30 this morning, which is may seem early to you, um, <laughs> to some people. It's early to me, but sometimes I get in these grooves where I wake up early naturally, and um, so I woke up early. I folded some laundry. I had a cup of instant coffee. <laughs> um, watched an episode of Drive to Survive on Netflix, and then I went for a run at six thirty. Yesterday, I went for a six-mile run across the bridges, the Manhattan Bridge, and then the Brooklyn Bridge. And today, I had a lot of energy, but I didn't feel like putting my body through another six miles. But I ended up going like probably five miles. I don't know exactly because my Strava app on my watch annoyingly paused at some point. Um, So, and then I had to unpause it. So it only recorded like 4.2 miles, but I think I was well over five today. So anyway, I did that. I took Oliver to school um, and then I decided to go for a walk and I walked up Smith Street. And then while I was walking up Smith Street, I got a call from Oliver's doctor saying that his school medical forms are ready. So I went and picked them up, and that's up in Brooklyn Heights on Pierpont Street. And so I went on this nice long walk. I stopped into Trader Joe's after I went and picked up the forms. And I was looking specifically for their instant cold brew coffee, but they were still out. Um, so it's funny. There's shortages going on, nothing like a year and a half ago. But you are you read about them, and I do see some shortages happening. Um uh, you see little, like, I, I don't pay close enough attention to be able to really pinpoint and make and put together a, uh, PowerPoint <laughs> on the shortage situation, but I feel like I can tell that something's happening. Um, but anyway, so then I walked back here and I, I went to the coffee shop that's right across the street, Nerd Be Cool, and I sat outside there, which is where I like to do even on like work days, I go there for like get a coffee at some point and I will sit down for like 10 or 15 minutes if there is an outdoor table available and just kind of watch the world go by. So I texted my friend Kara, 
who lives nearby. And I said, hey, let's, uh, I'm having coffee if you want to join. And so she came over and that was fun. And we caught up about lots of stuff, life, neighborhood stuff, all sorts of things, um, school stuff, because uh, she is also, her and Pete are also fellow parents um, at school. So anyway, all of the things that I would want to do on a day off, I have done so far today. And it's great. I've, I've had a good workout. I've gone for a nice walk. I've run errands and I've had coffee with a friend. So, so far so good. Um, let's see. But yeah, uh, yeah, fall in general, basically, I feel like this is the first real week of fall. Well, actually, it technically is the first real week of fall, but it's also, you know, the temperatures have finally felt, you can feel it all coming now. Um, let's see, got my flu shot. I went and then Julian Oliver went the following day. We just went to write it. I just walked in and said, I'm here for a flu shot. They said, okay, so flu shot 2021 is in the books. Um, but you know, other than that, there hasn't, I'm looking at my notes, uh, for this, for this episode and in the two weeks since, since episode 70, uh, there hasn't been too much going on. It's just been work, school and hanging out um at, at home basically um but i've had i have done some minor neighborhood socializing um i've been to bar great harry a number of times as that's not abnormal but um i met up with uh friends pete and matt frampton um this was like a week before last which is we're on a text thread and we're always texting but it was nice to actually see them in person so that was great um did I meet anyone else? Oh, um, well, my friend Howard was walking by running errands on Court Street on a Sunday afternoon like a week ago. And he's like, are you around? And I was like, yeah, I'm around and free for the next hour. So we went to Bar Great Harry and had one beer and caught up. Um, But other than that, not too much. There was a weird day. It was actually the day that I met Pete and Matt at Bar Great Harry, but... I just had all this weird energy and I also felt like kind of like I'd eaten too much in the previous 48 hours. Um, so I'd gone for a run in the morning and then oddly enough, by the mid afternoon, I had this nervous and physical energy, like where I wanted to run again. I was like, is this crazy? Should I just go for a long walk? But, um, I just went for another run. Um, I went, you know, during my I guess, quote unquote, lunch break. And I went and ran another 2.5 miles. (laughs) So I ran like three miles in the morning and then another two and a half miles in the afternoon. So it was like kind of funny. It was like a two a day. I felt like a college football player doing two a days. Um, Oh, so here we did do one, one kind of fun thing, which is last week we went to the Liberty Science Center in Jersey City, which is like, you know kind of aimed mostly at kids but like type science center the likes of which are you know many cities have but I'd we'd I'd never been to Liberty Science Center I'd know it exists and I had no friends like my friend Janelle is a regular there um I think my friend Jeremy also goes there frequently with his family so we decided to go because we both Julie and I both saw on our on Instagram our friend um and neighbor and fellow school parent who lives like just down the block. She had gone, our friend Julie, different Julie, had gone with her family and they had a great time. And we're like, well, let's go. So we went the next day, Sunday, 
And man, Oliver loved it. It's just a great science center. He just had a ball and I was not bored either. I enjoyed myself. It's um, right next to Liberty State Park or it's in the park, which is the big park kind of like on the Jersey side right near Ellis Island and Statue of Liberty. And um, where the All Points West Festival was held for one year only in 2009. (laughs) And where Radiohead famously played like on August 18th, 2001, which I had a ticket for because my whole company went, but I decided to go to Los Angeles that weekend instead. Um, Bummer. But anyway, Liberty State Park. So Liberty Science Center. Highly recommend it if you are local and have a child. Um, But it was fun. A lot of fun. So... Is there anything else going on in the week in the neighborhood? I'm trying to think if there's any other neighborhood news. No, it's just that like back to school September weird feeling where there's nothing else to look forward to because summer vacation and trips are over. And um, I guess that's about like, yeah, it's just like day to day humdrum. And it really is humdrum. It's just trying to get through this crazy era. Um, but let's see. And other news, music, been listening to music. Um, let's see. The big kind of music news was that there's one, like, well, it sounds like the Wrens basically broke up, which stinks. The Wrens are, you know, the classic Brooklyn slash, well, New Jersey, and then kind of Brooklyn band, who released in 2003 the Meadowlands classic album and classic indie record, and they famously kept working on the follow-up, and it still had not come out, and... I guess 18 years later, one of the two main songwriters and the guy who's kind of like not the main guy making the album, but like the second main guy kind of got fed up and decided to pull his songs and release them himself. So it's kind of weird because this is a band that like are very positive and nice and nice people. I've known them personally and, um, you would not expect them to have a falling out, but they did. And I mean, I think they did. So, well, they say they did. There was a New York Times article about it. Total gut punch. Anyway, Eon Station is Kevin Whelan's band, A-E-O-N, Eon Station. And it's great. It sounds like one of Kevin's Ren songs. And it's a bummer that it won't be on any future Ren's album, I guess. But um, it's really good. And everyone seems to like it. It's out on Sub Pop which also the New York Times broke the news that the Wrens had signed a sub pop, which I kind of knew because in our indie music world rumor mill, we were hearing things. Um, I think it was actually Pete that was always um, kind of pushing the sub pop narrative in our <laughs> various uh, indie gossiping circles. He was like, I think it's uh, I think it's sub pop. But yeah, the New York Times article said that they actually turned the album in in 2013 and then Charles Bissell had cold feet did not want to release it and it still hasn't been released um like he said he felt it was not done yet so anyway it was still not done now or i guess they were they thought they were done and then they started to talk about money and that's when everything fell apart which is a bummer um and it sounds like maybe in terms of actual it was less the money and it was more the principle sounds like that broke up the band bummer I wonder if we will ever hear the Charles Bissell Wren songs. I would think so, since they are probably close to done, but I actually think at this point it's possible that he just never releases them because sounds like he also has trouble letting go. Bummer. What else have I listened to? Uh, 
Late Style, new album by Wesley Stace, who was known as John Wesley Harding for a very long time. Um, my friend David Nagler, who lives here in the neighborhood and who I've made music with often, um, he produced the record, and it's great. Uh, this album, if you listen to John Wesley Harding, you know, when he came out in the late 80s, it was kind of like an Elvis Costello-y vibe, the poppier end of Elvis Costello. And in fact, he had the attractions as his band. He's just done a whole lot in his solo career, and he's famous now for having his, like, World of Wonders. Is that what it's called? Or Cabinet of Wonders shows at City Winery, where they're kind of like variety, variety shows. Um, anyway, he made this new record. I would say it has a Brazilian light, L-I-T-E, pop vibe. Um, and it's really good. So, uh, Late Style by Wesley Stace, produced by David Nagler. Um... The Lost Concert by Miles Davis. This is a new release, um, obviously not new music, um, but it is of one of Miles Davis's final concerts. I guess it's, it's well, it's called The Lost Concert, but I think this might be close to the last concert, actually, um, in 1980 or 1992. And it was an unusual show because Miles Davis never, ever would perform old stuff. But in this show, he did. And he invited old um old bandmates so like dave holland's on it so which is not something he would he was prone to do so it's very good um springtime in new york by bob dylan the brand new bootleg series uh it's from the shot of love infidels ish era empire burlesque very good i mean like as every bootleg series is always like you know this is more awesome unreleased takes and versions and everything and it's great um even though I really love this era, I would say it's like it's not a drop everything and run out and buy it or listen to it or whatever. It's just a good bootleg series release. Um, but I'm only listening to the truncated version that's available on streaming services. Um, I'm going to buy the CD. I haven't done that yet, but I'm not I'm not going to pony up for the is it eight CD deluxe thing because uh, I don't really have 150 bucks or whatever it is to throw around or 100 bucks. I'm going to use that 100 bucks to give Bob Dylan for concert tickets because he just announced a fall tour. And it sounds like maybe he's going to retire soon because they announced the tour saying this tour will last from 2021 to 2024. And Bob Dylan has never put end dates on his tour dates in the past. So maybe that's a subtle way of saying I'm going to retire when I'm 85, which he will be in 2024. Or maybe he's just like we as often the case with Dylan it's easy to read too much into something and probably they were just like we'll probably do it for this long who knows and it's not necessarily it for Bob but who knows and let's see I don't know if I mentioned this last night last time but a universal process by Nelson Patton I am friends with the Nelson half of the Nelson Patton duo Dave Nelson who is a sometimes trombonist with the National he's in Beirut although Beirut doesn't really exist anymore and has played with David Byrne and St. Vincent and even probably the highlight of his career, Taka Taka, my old band. Um, um, that's sarcasm. But he did play with us, and he's great. That's how I met him. Um, and this is a duo. It's a jazz ambient improv album with trombone, kind of looped trombone often, uh, some electronics and synth beds and drums. And it is fantastic. If, you're, if you find yourself in the mood for anything ambient, Universal Process by Nelson Patton. Um, artwork by Scott Devendorf. I think I did mention this last time. I don't know. Uh, so that's been the music I've been listening to. Besides a lot of like old, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. 
Spanish model by Elvis Costello, which is his new version, the old like instrumental tracks of this year's model, his 1978 album, second album, but with current contemporary Spanish-speaking singers. And it is so, so good. Um, oh my gosh, high, high recommendation. I mean, even just as a curiosity thing, it's it's like worth listening to just once through. Um, but I found myself thoroughly enjoying it. I listened to it three times already. Spanish Model by Elvis Costello. Um, and that had that led me to listen to a lot of like other Elvis Costello, which I love. My favorites, my, my favorite is Imperial Bedroom. I listen to that. I listen to Trust. I listen to um, Punch the Clock. Uh, that kind of early era, 80s era Elvis Costello. And then I also listened to some um, When I Was Cruel, which is a very good 2002 album. Um, and, geez, where did I see that tour? I can't remember if I saw that tour. Oh, my gosh, I saw that tour in U- at UCLA. Um, I remember I was breaking up with my then-girlfriend. It was very uncomfortable. And also I was standing at the back of the Ackerman Ballroom at UCLA, and Josh Charles, the actor, was standing next to me. Um, that's what I remember from the When I Was Cruel tour, which was a cruel time for me and a cruel time for all of us, um, that post-2001 <laughs> era. Um, special note for this episode of the podcast, I actually have TV and movie stuff I've watched, so I'll talk about. I watched the first two episodes of Foundation on Apple TV+, Plus, which is the new adaptation of the Isaac Asimov Foundation series of novels made in, um, concert uh, cooperation with the Asimov um, estate. So if there's some changes to the book. I've never read the book. I've wanted to. It's a sci-fi classic, of course. I don't know whether to keep watching this or to hurry up and read the book and just know that there'll be differences, but I think I might do that. But it's good. I mean, some people don't like it and it's getting half and half reviews. I can see why because it's kind of weird and it goes from being cerebral, which I like, to sometimes just pure actiony stuff, which I'm less into. But it is visually stunning. I mean, there is so much money thro- thrown into this show. I mean, it is actually, it's worth it just to watch. The, the visuals are so stunning. It's worth it just to see for the visuals. There's just some beautiful scenes. Lots of like, you know, one perfect shot <laughs> type moments. Um, let's see. I've as mentioned, I'm still into Drive to Survive, the Netflix show on Formula One, which is so, so good. And I read that since this show premiered like two years ago, Formula One ratings in the United States are up. They're up 100%. They've doubled um, since this show premiered. So that's good for Formula One. Um, I mean, it worked for me because I always kind of casually followed it, but now I'm really into it again. And um you know, the more you learn about it, the more great and compelling it is to watch as a sport. Um, it's so good. Um, I personally cheer on Williams because my f- <laughs> my old friend is, oddly enough, an owner of Williams now, which is insane. But um, Williams is um, not having a good time of it lately, but um, I am hoping they will uh, start to become one of the um, sort of top-tier teams again. Um but yeah, I'm so into Formula One. The Russian Grand Prix was over the weekend, and I watched all of that, and it had a very fascinating, great ending. Um, a lot of drama due to rainstorm that happened at the end, and what drivers when to pit, and which tires to put on. I love it. 
So also I watched Schumacher, which is a new documentary on Netflix about Michael Schumacher, the great Formula One driver from the 90s and aughts. Um, it was just a nice background on his career and didn't go too much into his last nine years or give too much information on that because as you may or may not know, Michael Schumacher retired in 2012, I think it was, and like months later after his retirement, he was skiing with his family in Switzerland and he suffered a horrendous ski accident and brain injury and not much was known for years except that he was basically in a coma. And people still don't know what his what his real condition is like. He's he's awake. He's apparently paralyzed. Um, no one really knows, and no one's seen him. He's, there's been no public appearance. Very sad fate. So cruel. Uh, but Schumacher, great documentary. If you're at all interested. And I randomly watched If I Leave Here Tomorrow, the four-year-old Leonard Skinner documentary. And man, I love Leonard Skinner now. I mean, I always kind of liked him, but. Um, as a music documentary does, it gave me a lot of insight and I liked, and now I know more and I like more, like them more. And it's just like, you know, obviously they had that 1977 plane crash that killed three members of the band, including their singer. And they didn't do anything for 10 years. And the way they handled the plane crash, cause it's like what everyone thinks about first with Leonard Skinner is, you know, they started it the first three minutes of the documentary about it. And then it kind of eventually circles back to that night near the, at the end of the documentary. And it's like very moving. I was in tears (laughs) at the end of this Leonard Skinner documentary. Anyway, it's called if I leave here tomorrow, which is obviously first lyrics in the song free bird. Hmm. So that's what I watched. Good stuff. Um, Books. I finished. This is your mind on plants by Michael Pollan. And the last book by him I read, which is This Is Your Mind on, wait, what is it? Let me look at it. Oh, How to Change Your Mind. I just looked up at the uh, my bookshelf. How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan, which is about like um, psychedelics. Anyway, This Is Your Mind on Plant is about three drugs. The book is divided up into thirds um, about opium, caffeine, and mescaline. Mescaline, you know, it's kind of focused on like mescaline and peyote and like Native American stuff and the First Nations. Um, the opium stuff was mostly taken from an article he wrote for Harper's in the late 90s about how, you know, opium is all around us. Um, you can legally grow flowers, but once you slice into the um, heart of a flower and release the opium, you are breaking federal law. Um, and ca- the caffeine section was so fascinating. Um Oh my gosh, the history of caffeine, what caffeine does to us, um, just its its existence as a the most commonly used drug on the on earth, really fascinating. So yeah, this is your mind on plants by Michael Pollan. It was only like two hundred and forty pages total, something like that. A library book, you know, don't need to own it. And um, I'm gonna finish with some beer because I've had some good beer lately. Um, down at Bar Great Harry, they had. Uh, a shilling, which I love, a shilling I'd never had called Tenno, T-E-N-N-O, T-E-N-N-O, Tenno. Um, and it's a dry lager, which shilling is very much like Three's Brewing. Shilling like kind of like focuses on like pilsners and lagers, you know, where you can't really hide behind hazy stuff. It's just like this, you know, if, how, how how's your talent in making these simple pure beers? And the 
Schilling is just so, so great. So if you see like Alexander, which is the common one around these parts, at least lager, definitely buy some. Also had um, an, an, a main brewing company beer I had not seen called M.O., although there's no periods. I'm assuming it's called M.O., but it might be just Mo, but M.O. Um, it is a pale ale, which is a main brewing company thing, but very good. Very, very good. It was at Bar Great Harry, but on tap, but also I noticed that the bottles were for sale at Wegmans, so clearly they're distributing that right now in the area. And finally, I had the second and last can of um, Fox Farm Grodziski, which is their 3.2% smoked Polish wheat lager. <gasps> oh my gosh. So I actually put this on Instagram. It is, I realize it is the, the best beer I've had all year. It's like, this is, for me, 2021 beer of the year is this Grodziski by Fox Farm. Can't get it anywhere except Connecticut and or Fox Farm the Brewery, which is in Salem, Connecticut. And that's where I got it when we were there in July. And when we were in Rhode Island and I made a side trip to go to Fox Farm. But wow, this beer is just like gold medal, outstanding, such a great beer. And that's it. This has been the longest episode in a while because I'm in a good mood on my day off having fun. Anyway, I'm going to make lunch and enjoy the last hour of solitude before Oliver comes home from school. So yeah, this has been episode 71 episode 71 of the conrad life report um hmm that's it stay safe um keep your chin up if you get in a slump or you're feeling down go for a walk or read a book or reach out to a friend um reach out to me um kind of feel like i'm bored half the time which i think we all are anyway i will talk to you guys in two weeks um be well